Warning, this podcast contains rude, crude, and prude language, which might burn your ears if you listen to it for too long. Listener discretion is advised. I would love to live in Jesse's world for at least a day. Like, how awesome would that be? I don't think my heart could handle it if I lived in Jesse's world for a day. (laughs) My brain would just stop functioning. I'd be one of, like, those drooly T-Rex kids in the home. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to you by ManorDeprived.com and 60cards.com. Check us out. This week's episode has been brought to you by Forbes Hobbies. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mines they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. Everybody was metagaming against each other because we saw each other's decks. Jay Bush. I'm not going to ask a homeless guy for a deck idea, okay? I'm going to give that guy some change and, you know, I'll probably half my sandwich. Smitty. Just completely edit out Jay Bush like out of the whole thing. Scotty. But what is it with people that live in French countries that like blue-white control? Are you guys just like, you have that big of a chip on your shoulder? Like, what is it? And now, the AT. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 36 of the 18 Podcast. We are back, all four of us, myself, KYT, Scott, Jay, and Jesse. Are we doing great tonight? Fuck yes, <laughs> we're doing great. Dude, dude, KYT, everyone, you guys should go back to fucking episode one and listen to KYT's intro compared to what he just did. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? It would be really awesome if we could get the replay of, of episode one intro right now. Okay, guys, welcome to the first official Man and Deprived podcast. Uh, this is brought to you by manandeprived.com and 60cards.com. This is KYT, and I'm here joined with three lovely guests, and I'm just going to let them introduce themselves. Uh... Oh, Carrie Dan. <laughs> Carrie motherfucking Dan. And, uh... <laughs> All right, so... <laughs> What the fuck's on the agenda, KYT? Break it down. Well, welcome back, Jesse. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Less busy than than before, I guess. For less. Oh my god! Today's <laughs> my Friday. I get off at exactly five, more like four fifty-five, and uh, life is good. <laughs> Sick. Um, I just wanted to plug my site because uh, quickly, mad deprived. It's it's passed pretty fast. One year has passed since I created yeah. that. Fight. High five, man of And I think, I, I forget, Jesse, did you start yours b- right before or right after? I don't know. I'm going to have to Sometime, look in my right. back end and find it right I know now. We, we talked to each other soon, like after we uh, knew of each other. And the A-Team, episode 36, that's, that's pretty sick. So uh, Definitely. Really, I <laughs> hope we can keep going. Um, Scott. Keep downloading, keep downloading. We will keep doing it if you keep downloading it. If you download it like 10 more times than you need to, that would be helpful too, actually. 
<laughs> so I'd actually like to uh, – I want to take a minute and, you know, KYT, if you guys follow any of us on Twitter uh, or follow any of the podcasting uh, community on Twitter, you know that uh, KYT is up for, you know, nomination for Supreme Commander. <laughs> um, so <laughs> – <laughs> Which is only a little bit pretentious, but that's okay. Uh, we, I, I really just wanted to uh, give you a congratulations. I have been um, trying to support as many podcasts as possible, obviously, with the burst uh, uh, of the number of them on the scene. It seems like it's getting more and more difficult to keep up. So I've kind of had to call the list. And one of the ones that you know, I, I try to support all of our all of our friends and all of our boys, you know, as much as possible. So I try to support, you know, Untapped. I try to support, you know, Horde of Notions. I try to support, um, you know, Scrubland, Commander Cast, uh, UMTG Taps, and all those guys. But there's one podcast that I can't miss every week. <laughs> and and it's it's yeah, cause you, no, I miss that. I, I miss that. I go to Hawaii for that sometimes. Um, but honestly, man, like, congratulations on Crazy Talk. Thanks, Scott. Like, I mean... I'll, I'll give it to you straight up. Like, Medina's on a bunch of other casts, and if he's not on our cast, the only other cast which I find him to be awesome in, and he'll fucking troll me later for this, but Crazy Talk is amazing. Frank fucking kills me. The man just has to open his mouth. I love the French accent on him, because it sounds like he's trying so hard to speak coherent English. It fucking kills me every time. <laughs> and he's funny, so it's even better. Right. But anyways, I just wanted to say, like, you guys have actually made me, you know, pay attention to Legacy. I mean, Star City Opens have been there, but you guys really capitalized on, you know, on an open field. And I just think that uh, congratulations are in order. All of you guys that are on there, so, like, pre-show shout-outs, Alex, Frank, John, KYT, you guys are doing a good job. So keep it up. And uh, just make sure that uh, we're your firstborn and they're the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> That's now, sure. Well, now that we're speaking about skel- spell skite, skeet, skeet. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about that yet. No, you just came all over KYT's face. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you are the spell skate. Okay. No, no, I second that, KYT. I do wish you the best. Thanks, guys. I mean, it's, it's something. It's something different. Like, you see, I didn't know Scott was... I didn't know how it would come across for listeners that don't play Legacy, but a lot of people who just dabble still listen. So I'm, I'm quite impressed by that fact. I, I knew it wasn't going to be as popular of a cast than the A-Team because of its specific audience, but it's been just people coming up to me and like saying, you know, I just got into Legacy. I listened to your cast. It's I'm at a loss for words when they do that. So, anyways, so I just I just wanted to uh, to give you give you uh, give the devil his due, as it were. So, <laughs> way to go. So up next, we do have we had a really long one of our longest episodes in a while. Episode thirty five was our spoiler cast. We had a lot of feedback, and uh, we wanted to make sure that we definitely read all of the feedback and would take it to, into account for the next set, which would probably be M twelve. So. Scott, Jay, any thoughts on that matter? No, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that, uh, you know, we're not trying to be anybody else or trying to be any other cast. We're just trying to do our own thing. And, and we recognize that there are, you know, people that have been doing this longer and are out there and have it more refined than us. And, and we're definitely just trying to 
work alongside them. So we took all the feedback that we got and we're definitely going to, just like all of our casts, we definitely read all of our feedback and we're just going to make sure that we, that going forward, we always are trying to improve. And, uh, and yeah, so I'm excited for the M12 one. Scott? We've got a lot on tap for it. Uh, we, like Jay said, we listen to every bit of feedback that we get. Um, yeah, we, we've got some neat stuff in store. So uh, stay tuned. And uh, as always, you can expect the A-Team Edge on, uh, <laughs> on all of the product that we put out. So uh, look forward to it. And I assure you, it will likely involve a lot of alcohol. So <laughs> sick. Right, right. We're, we're the A-Team. We're going to do, you know, spoiler cast our way. But if you guys have any specific suggestions of... You know, if we just if you guys just want us to go over specific cards, especially like Jesse always has his pet card and definitely we missed him on the spoiler. Definitely cast. he was missed, so, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to hear him jizz over another card in M twelve, you know Thanks guys. <laughs> let us know. On with the real material, which is you know, we all well not all of us. But I did play pre-release. Which one of us actually played pre-release here? I, I played I two. Jay? I played, played? Jesse? I played Sealed and Draft, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't on a Magic cast. Or Magic oh. Cruise. Fuck, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, played a, I played two Sealed, uh, one Midnight release, and uh, one on Mother's Day. <laughs> Whoa. Jesse's usually the one who doesn't sleep and plays like yep. as many as possible. But again, well, that's get that on the Moto time. release, though. Right, that's not in the the real no. life card release. That's on the moto releases, isn't no, it? No, no, I do the real life. I do. I um, I go to F and M Friday. I do a midnight release Friday. I do a pre release Saturday. So I stay up basically from like Friday at seven a.m. until Saturday night. Every set release, except uh, not this one. <laughs> no wonder you're so bad. I know, right? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I still top four on when I'm like on 36 hours of awakeness. Out of eight, yeah, it's really good. yeah, out of eight. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, start us off. How was your experience with uh, the set, Dad? Uh, so, in my opinion, as a sealed format, like triple Phyrexia, triple scars is fucking terrible. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's really, really bad. Like new Phyrexia is heavily colored. It's full of hill giants, you know, or better. Um, and there's a lot of removal, and if you don't open any of the bombs, it's fucking terrible. Um, and then in Scars, your best card is a Hill Giant, and there's some removal, but not a whole hell of a lot, and certainly no removal that's really going to impact uh, the, the Hill Giants from New Phyrexia. So, and they're all, it's all like all over the place in terms of uh, colorless and whatnot. So for me, I just found that like without the glue of Mirrodin Besiege to kind of run it all together, um, it just felt really awkward trying to build decks and such. It was just really, really terrible. Um, and I think it was just such a contrast, I think, from the color requirements that are very heavy uh, in New Phyrexia comparative uh, to Scars of Mirrodin. So uh, a lot of the rares kind of turned out to be shit. I didn't <laughs> open any playable ones for either one of my pre-release, so it was fucking terrible. Uh, overall, I have to tell you, like just the whole experience, I really just wish I had the time back. It was fucking terrible. Wow. Yeah. Was that your experience, Jay? Uh, pretty close. Yep. So like the format of three and three is, uh, super gay, uh, G bomb, <laughs> by the way, like it's the worst, like you're losing all of the support cards in the middle 
And like there's no there's not as many green and black, say for example, infect cards in the third set. So then you like say you're like me, for example, and you open like let's say like fifteen infect cards in your six pack sealed pool, but they're all over five colors. Yeah. Uh so like that's really fun. Like that's fifteen cards that I can just throw away. Um, basically, because I'm never ever gonna use them. Um, except for like maybe like a utility card like Rotwolf or Sistbearer or something, right? If I end up playing green, which I probably don't if my cards are being eaten up by Infect, but then no depth, right? So I really think that like I don't know if 222 would have been better. I, like I don't know if they could have done it better. Um, I heard of some places were getting really funky and doing just six NPH. Dude, I did four NPH, two scars in my second pre-release, and it was mm-hmm. still fucking terrible. Yeah, and I mean, I imagine that it was. I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind playing six NPH just because of new cards and just having fun and just being bonkers, right? Like, I mean, I think Nick hit it on the head on our spoiler cast when he said that, like, you're going to see a lot of movement away from single and double color decks and into triple color decks, and I definitely saw that a lot. Uh, people had to play three colors, um, and, and then people aren't used to that, right? So, like, that's another thing that, like, just just kind of can get really annoying if you're not used to playing like that. It was it was just the cards just because they're two sets apart, they just none of them seem to fit together. Is that accurate? Does that does that? Yeah, sound? no, totally, totally. You know, like, I felt like I was just playing cards now instead of I was just, like, going through five colors and six with artifacts, and now I'm just playing whatever the best cards are. I'm not, there's no synergies. There was no cool tricks. There was nothing fun. Like luckily I opened, um, I think I opened three bombs. I opened the black chancellor in my sealed pool. I couldn't play it. I didn't have enough uh, depth to play it. I did have two of the, uh, the black mirrors and, and a horizon spell bomb. So I, I mean, in theory, I could have, you know, gotten there and, you know, played a couple of swamps and maybe been able to greedily play him. But I had like maybe five or six black cards and, you know, none of them were good. I had like two evil presences. That was really fun. <laughs> like, um, and then I got, I mean, luckily I got like a worm coil engine. And then I got like, I think I ended up playing like some weird red blue monstrosity. Um, and I ended up going three and one just because it's a pre-release, like, me and my friend Brad basically both opened up unplayable pools, and we both went three and one. Um, I did have a funny story about Omen Machine. I don't know if – I think it's called Omen Machine. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember what that is. But basically, it reads uh, Artifact. It's six mana to play. Players skip their draw phase, and at the beginning <laughs> of their draw f- – or players can't draw cards. And at the beginning of their draw step, they reveal the top card of their deck. If it's uh, land, put it into play. Otherwise, they can cast it for free. So I was playing Brian Jemba, so that's easy beasy for all of my local listeners. He, uh, we've talked about him before on the cast. He's he's a really good Magic player. He's also like just a big fat troll, um, and you know I love him, but he's just like he's such a dirtle. And so we're playing, and he has like he of course opened the nut and was like had like fifteen or sixteen pieces of removal, and then just like bombs. And we ended up playing this this game one where basically we just drew. I think both of us had at one point fifteen land in play. Because we just kept talking land, and he had a, like a full grip of removal, so I wouldn't play anything. And because I wouldn't play anything, he wouldn't kill any of my guys, and etc. So we go into game two. I sideboard in. I sideboard out a couple of creatures. I put in some more controlly-ish type cards, and I put in Omen Machine, thinking like, whatever. I don't even care. I'm just going to lose to Brian anyway. And 
you know, Omen Machine will be fine. I'll play it. He'll top deck his removal. I'll have no guys. And he'll either remove his own guys or, you know, just have to, like, bin this card. And, of course, that ends up happening. I play no guys. I play Omen Machine. And he ends up top decking nothing good. I end up top decking a couple things that are good. And I ended up winning that match somehow. He was really mad. He wouldn't even shake my hand. Because he's an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> so I wrote I wrote Omen Machine on his on my life total and just made a little paper airplane and threw it at him. <laughs> so that was pretty good. But like, yeah, I really just felt like I really didn't like the sealed format at all. Like, I guess the release event is this Sunday. I don't know if I even really want to go to it and spend the thirty bucks to like open. Like, I hate sealed anyway. Everybody knows I hate sealed. I, I hate opening garbage pools and having to rough it. Like at our at our regional pre release, a guy. Like a friend of mine opened Molten Steel. No, is it Molten Steel Dragon? Something the one like that's that, like yeah. it's like it's a four four flyer with two red Phyrexian mana. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. He opened he opened two of those and a Horde Smelter Dragon in his sealed pool. Mono red anyone? Yeah, like what? Like you just play that in mountains. It doesn't even matter what else you open. Yeah. You just yeah. crush people. Did he right? skate, and like, skate on bitches? Yeah, and like so yeah, like exactly, exactly. Like it was just it was just garbage. So um. I felt that this set really just doesn't have any synergy. I'm excited for draft. I have a really good handle on drafting. Um, the pre-release was fun because of the people. Um, it was, but I really don't like this format. I like this. I like. I'll, in fact, I like this format less than when it was faction besieged packs. Wow, and you fucking hated that. I fucking couldn't stand. It. I and like this is worse. Having no middle set is just absolutely just the worst. In sealed, can't handle it. Especially you, with this block. Yeah. And you, buddy, you you big daddy bro, KYT, Mr. Fabulous, Mr. Famous. <laughs> so you hated so. it because you guys hated it because it was sort of like corset like in terms of like just when you're talking about no synergies. And yeah, it was just cards like you just you opened your cards and you're like, oh, I have a blue bomb. I guess I play all these other blue cards. Oh, I have removal. I guess I play my removal colors like you, you didn't. You guys open bombs. Well, I opened work <laughs> engine. Uh, you know, like that was all right. I opened double infect overrun, so I was in green, but that was about it. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's not a bad card even. Like if you can if you can play guys, but okay, yeah. no, that card's ridiculous. We'll get to that. Kyt, tell us about it. I think I still, I thinking of, about the format now. I still I agree with you guys completely, but while playing obviously the whole novelty of the new cards and the Phyrexian yeah. mana, I mean I still really enjoyed myself. I mean, yeah, um, I had fun for sure. Right, but I didn't not be not because of the format. Right, you guys made me think back about my games, and they were pretty straightforward games. I mean, I lost to a guy who was able to ultimate Venser. I mean, I lost games that there wasn't a whole lot of combos or whatever that was killing me or blowing out. It was usually like a really good creature, a really powerful planeswalker, or whatnot. So, I can see your guys' point on, on that really. Um, but I had a great time. I didn't open anything good. I lost to some guy who opened Karn and Sunblast Angel and just I was able to counter Karn with Stoic Rebuttal, but uh Sunblast just blew me out of the water after. And then he had some other bomb. So uh <laughs> and then there's the that Venser guy I just mentioned. But I was able to live the dream. I opened Koth in my second pre release and was able to ultimate it using Volt Charge. So that was Oh my god. Nice. <laughs> like I opened the cough and two volt charges and I'm like I'm I'm doing it. Mono red, I'm doing it. And so Did you really? Did you were you able to go mono red? I was able to do mono red. Like you said, like there's all these cards that can go 
Um, there's a lot of good cards that you just pay life for, like the 3-1 for a strike. Yeah, yeah. That guy's an all-star. And Holy, that's greedy, bro. <laughs> so there's a lot of these guys that hurt you, and I guess what I want to talk about, like, Infect is not even that viable. In my not opinion, anymore. Because you just... Because then all the cards that you use to pay for extra mana, there's no drawback to them. Um, yeah. If if they're a pure infect that you just pay life like like crazy, and you have a three one guy, and, and they can the stare thing, at you with that. Uh, yeah, what's it called? the uh, the mirror, the one one that becomes a three three. But now you have a three one first strike, and you just kill that guy. So yeah. The other thing that like I wanted to talk about, you guys all fucking shrugged me off for talking about pristine talisman. I haven't heard a single person who's played with it or played against it talk any shit about it. Because it's so fucking awesome. I can read you guys my life sheets. I fucking gained 30 life off of it in numerous games. Just by going... Because this format... Like, Sealed is very... um, I find Sealed is a lot longer than Draft. Because you don't have those synergies. But also because Sealed is generally based on making plays. And then your opponent makes a play that either matches it. Or is better than it. Or doesn't. Like or or is worse than it, and if it's worse, then like you need to get ahead. You you and you edge out life totals. And I found like just so many times, uh, like I would just be playing and 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 doing whatever I wanted, and I'd have one or two pristine talismans, and we'd get to the point like with Brian where it was like we're drop we're top decking ten lands each, which isn't ideal. I'm just saying, and and I'm just gaining ten life. You know, I mean, I'm not playing White Sun's Passage, obviously, but this card is actually really good. Um, for the, and especially for the Phyrexian mana reasons that KYT was talking about. So the Phyrexian mana reasons in in execution, from what I saw as well, uh, agrees with you. Uh, you know, being able to run out extra Phyrexian spells without really needing to worry about it is fine. Uh, I think our initial impression was in a format where there's a lot of infect running around, uh, the card is fucking terrible. Well, as you find out in sealed format with triple NPH and triple scars, yeah, yeah. there's not a whole hell of a lot of fucking infect running around. So yeah. In that case, it ends up being pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely better in sealed than it is in draft, just because of that. But yeah. even in draft, like now, because you have one less dedicated blue, black, and green infect card, you're going to see worse quality. Uh, you're either going to see one deck that has all the infect because nobody wants to go into it, or you're going to see more decks with worse quality infect because they weren't able to get them because they're spread out so far. Like in in NPH. There is almost no good black or green infect cards that you can reliably count on getting. Like you have to open them effectively. Um, there's that two five. Excuse me. There's that two five uncommon guy <laughs> in, in black. That's just amazing. That Dude, gives you you know gives you a poison counter when you deal that, damage to him. Honestly, like second best uncommon in the set. First one for well no third best I guess because first one's enslave right. But like yeah. sec, second best is the viral Drake. Then that guy. Viral Drake. Oh yeah, Viral Drake's just nuts. Like, dumb. I feel so left out. I don't know any of these cards. <laughs> <laughs> I oh. feel like I fucking live in the USA or something. <laughs> Jay, uh, for I don't know exact. I didn't talk much of this broadcast, but after playing with that uh, pristine talisman, I do agree with you. And anybody uh, on my team that that played with the card had a really great impression of of this particular card they were like it's been bonkers for me all day so yeah um 
Like, I Definitely. didn't hear anybody ever talk any shit about it. Everything I ever heard them say was, oh, my God, that fucking pristine talisman. Either <laughs> that guy fucking gained a bunch of life and just I couldn't overcome it. Or, God, I gained like 58 billion life and was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, just crazy. Speaking of viral Drake, just really quickly, do you guys play – like, my friends play Mini Master where, like, you have infinite mana, that variant. Yeah, like type 4. I don't know what it is, but like where you can it, play one spell a turn, right? Where you have no hand, you draw a spell, and you you have infinite mana. So like, sure. some guy just like play viral Drake. He's like, I win. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I don't like I've never played Mini Master that often with that rule, but it was funny to see that you know them play their packs and then like some guy just plays Drake and say I win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another card that. You know, speaking of underrated cards and cards that we, as a whole, sort of hated on, I think, except for Jay. Jay, you get you, you get all the credit, of course. That's right. Uh, I think I misread the card. Suture Priest, I think. Oh, uh, my God. You guys gave me such a hard time for that card. I, I think I misread. I thought it just gained you life. And I forgot. It all, it's basically a Bloodseeker and a Soul Warden in one creature. For, right? for the same cost. As a Bloodseeker, and that, and I always played Bloodseeker, so I take whatever I said back, and uh, <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> like my friend, that art my friend is Dan, awesome. <laughs> my friend Dan Kramer says it's one of uh, his best performing cards over the weekend. He loves it, and uh, again, the whole Soul Warden plus Bloodseeker. Definitely, we underrated it on the cast, and I think some people commented on that. And I'm on the Suture Priest bandwagon. It's not a first pick, obviously, but it's definitely a solid card. Dad? <laughs> I accept your apology. <sighs> the sigh of Dad. <laughs> I not once had to worry about that card in any of the games that I played against it. <laughs> um, Dad's just trolling now. All I can say is that I, I, I did not share the same experience that you had, KYT, with being <laughs> impressed with the card. Um, now, that's in the sealed vein, in the potential limited vein, like that's where I'm at, okay? In a constructed situation, it's a totally different situation, totally different answer. So just so we're clear, because that card single-handedly takes Twin Exarch and fucks it in the ass. So, like, I'm there. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like the, it has applications in constructed magic today, but I'm not 100% sold on it limited yet. That's all. I think maybe it, if if other people are paying too much for for their Phyrexian mana cards, and the, then the life loss is actually more even more relevant than I thought. So mm-hmm. I didn't act. I didn't actually face this card. I was just like, this is the opinion of the people that were around me and and, and their arguments and their theories around it. I'm like, yeah, that, that sounds true. So. Nice, Jesse. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Love it. No, you know what? I'm about to join you in a second. All right, let's do it. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You ready? Oh, yeah, nice. Ah. Tonight's podcast. You guys are such frat boys. Tonight's podcast has been brought to you by the letter M. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We should call Coors Light or something and see if they'll sponsor us. Cause that's yeah, we should get a non-magic pissed. sponsor. <laughs> Again, Molson M. Dude, we should. Man, we'd be fucking ballers. I, 
Let's get Sony, man. I'm sure they're willing to punch out a ton of advertising dollars right now. Now that yeah, their fucking network's broken. Yeah, because they haven't lost broken. a fuck yeah. ton of money for their network. <laughs> Are you kidding me? God, let's bet on the lame horse. Are you? Oh wait, you're drunk. I just want to mention, okay. just like to go off topic there. I I was so bored out of my mind today that I decided to play for some fucking reason, uh, Killzone Three. And before every fucking loser on the internet trolls me about how this game's so good and whatever, blah blah. There's two kinds of first-person shooter players. There's people that like Call of Duty Modern Warfare and its variants, and then there's people that don't. And the people that don't like games like this. And it's a fine game, whatever. I fucking hate this game. I hate this game for like eight bucks. And yeah, because you can't fucking play it online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's not online dependent. And I tried to play it. And I haven't touched my PlayStation in so long because the fucking network's been down that my controllers had dust on them. <laughs> Figure That's your fucking awesome. shit out, Sony. This is think- fucking bullshit. <laughs> Jay, it's me and you who have PS3 and Dad and Smitty who have Xboxes, right? Fuck, KYT, yep. I fucking told you to buy a goddamn Xbox 360 five times before you went to the store. And you're like, no, I'm going to no. buy a PS3. I love this. God damn it. I've owned every system since I was fucking five years old. You should have listened to me. I still think you made the right choice. I haven't played in a while. I don't even know what happened. Like, I've been playing Dragon Age too much on a PC. Like, what happened? It just broke down? Or? Some motherfucking hackers hacked into some shit, and then they took all the personal information and stuff, and then there's rumors that, like, they did it just to say they could do it, and then there's now... Yeah. so And, like, Sony won't own up and say what they got. They're like, they may have gotten all of your credit information and personal information. Okay. So you, you may want to protect yourself against identity theft, maybe. Here's Just throwing it out there. <laughs> I know we're off topic, but I got to explain it a little better. So what happened? This kid hacked a PS3 to be able to put third-party software, like his own software on there, right? So Sony got pissed and sued this kid. That was in the news a little while back, a few months ago. <laughs> um, so, For the record, I've never heard this. Okay, so it, it pissed. That's how much it, in the news it was. I think it pissed someone off. Well, it's, it's like on GameStop and IGN. Um, okay or GameSpot, but uh, so that some hacker group got pissed, and I don't know if they're associated with this kid or not. I don't think that's like public information or anything that anyone knows, but this anonymous hacker group got pissed like at Sony, like the big corporation, like saying, fuck you, we want to be able to put our uh, software on here or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like, and they hacked it. So I don't know how the details of it. Uh, yeah. so they brought down Sony saying like, once you take off the lawsuit off this kid or whatever, that will uh, stop doing this, and obviously that hasn't happened. But they did settle with this kid, Sony did, that originally hacked like one PS3, you know, to be able to put Linux software on there or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what what the holdup is now or what's going on. Um, I think the personal info. I haven't heard of one identity identity theft story. I really don't think they're after personal info. I think Sony was just like required to say that. So, I well, don't know. yeah, that's the thing, right? And it's it's quite possible that they did get it and they're just not going to use any of it. But. Exactly. And then yeah, you yeah. said you said it was anonymous or the the group is anonymous. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like is it the group anonymous? Is it that Yes. Is it that the hacker first. group that names themselves anonymous? That's the that's what it is. Yes. Oh, that's the worst. Those guys are the best. <laughs> it's and like I'm work. in the movie. It's like I'm in the movie fucking hackers <laughs> and I just my life's ruined. Hack the planet. <laughs> uh, 
Hack everybody's planet, Dude, but mine. What, what boggles my mind, one thought on this, because it's pretty interesting, like, it boggles my mind that this hacker group, they can't be that big, right? They can't have, like, a ton of money at their disposal. But Sony fucking can't pay some dude who knows more than these guys, like, $5 million or something fucking crazy just to make it stop. Well, <laughs> like, I think what's the, the deal? What I've heard in the past, that the deal with Anonymous is that they're, like, legions and legions and legions of people. Yeah. So uh, the problem okay. is that if if like the problem is that it doesn't matter how much money or resources you have if you have five hundred thousand users, yeah. right? And it is like the movie Hackers. But anyway, yeah. nobody wants to hear about this because. So by the way, if you haven't seen the movie Hackers, you should watch it. And yeah. it's uh, the first <laughs> you time seen you the get movie to Hackers. S- what the fuck are you doing this to my podcast? A and B. <laughs> it's it, it, another good reason to watch it is uh, you get to see Angelina Jolie's tits in that for the first time. I don't think you do. You almost do. No, you do, believe me. No, yeah, you don't. He, obviously, Scott's masturbated to this scene a few times. So I think <laughs> yeah, he probably you don't, better. You don't get to see them. Like She almost shows them, and then it goes uh, Clearly, Clearly, you haven't watched it like on pause. Wow. Frame by frame. <laughs> wow. Clearly, you haven't watched this movie on pause. Well, I'm just saying, like... You know, Miss, you got Mr. Mr. Skin does it, right? So yeah, I, think, I think the A-team's listeners are going to love this part, actually, so... I'm just saying. Moving on. Just saying. Moving on from Oz movie tits. Um, so we've talked about Magic. We've talked about Sony. We've talked about PlayStations and video games. We've talked, we've we've talked about Scotty Max penis. No, no. And we've talked about fucking celebrity nudity. Like, what more do you want from us, listeners? Yeah, what yeah. more can we possibly do? God. We even talked about fucking masturbating in the beginning of the podcast. This is on. We We're did. on tonight. <laughs> Boom. So I, I want to get Smitty, like, <laughs> In like talking the cast, but uh, let's wrap up okay. our pre-release um, experience quickly. I mean, okay. is there any specific cards that you want to talk about, Scott? Best play that you had, KYT, during the pre-release. I think I already talked about it. Cough Jay. and uh, Volt uh, charge. That was that was that, pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Jay, best best play you had at the pre-release. So the best play that I had at the pre-release was drafting. Uh, and that that seems a little awkward. Yeah, I know, I know. But I'm just going to read you some highlights from my draft deck, and then you can tell me if you agree that I should have won my draft pod or not. Uh, so I had two Oculus, Gus Skimmers, Spined Thopters, Tezzeret's Gamble, Vivisection, two Serum Rakers, two of the Impaler Shrikes. Uh, I had a Fume Spitter. I had a Grim Affliction, which is put a minus one, minus one, and proliferate. I had a Rager. I had a Necropede. I had two Spread the Sickness, two Grasp of Darkness, two Tumble Magnets, and a Spire Monitor. You didn't Fuck. win your draft pod? <laughs> I absolutely did. I 5 0 it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Excellent. <laughs> no Good job. If you Good lose job. there. Jesus. Yeah. So, so my best play was just drafting really well yeah. um, <laughs> so cocky what the- there was well there was players at the table that are that were more experienced drafters than me and um they had really good decks and uh what was, i think his name is chuck the editor one of your editors kyt uh craig 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 sorry craig not chuck craig um sorry man he is like the, the nicest guy he's a really good magic player we had a fucking epic back and forth battle um he's a far better player than me uh, I think uh, I I have to assume that he is because he was thinking and saying things about math and 
making skirt <laughs> hand gestures like a wizard and shit, and like was probably just heads and shoulders above my play style. But I still beat him somehow. And uh, and then my other buddy Adrian, who drafted like the the craziest mono white deck I've ever seen. Uh, and had like four bombs in it. It was just crazy, and he just couldn't he couldn't get over it. Like I guess infinite flyers and infinite removal is a pretty good draft strategy. So nice. Yeah. Uh, my best play was uh, I was sitting on a um, I was sitting on the infect overrun. I was looking at uh, trying to get enough dudes, and end of my opponent's step. A I, sea of dudes, even. I, I was I was up against a sea of dudes. <laughs> end of end of my opponent's uh, turn. I beast within my own land, make a three three to get the extra body, cast the infect overrun, and win. It was sick. Awesome. sick. Wow. It was good. Beast within, legit. <laughs> totally. Beast legit. within. Did you know that the foil beast within is thirteen fucking dollars? What? Wow. Yeah, yes, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I went in to play EDH at fucking Phoenix, and I'm like, "Do you guys have any beast withins?" And Sean's like, "We have a foil one." And I'm like, "Oh, sweet. How much is that worth?" Thinking like at most like five dollars, and he's like thirteen bucks on Star City, and I just Dude. like pooped. I just pooped my pants. <laughs> This set is so hyperinflated right now. Oh, there is it ever? There are so many cards that are way overpriced. <laughs> Except Spell Sky. <clears throat> Obviously, I was right on that one. Obviously. Okay, so let's Uh-oh. get in. Let's get into the skeet phenomenon, shall we? Ugh. <laughs> skeet, skeet, motherfuckers. So Jesse called the Spell Sky. Um, it, it's been really interesting to see the rise of the price of Spellskite. Um, it started with, uh, Jesse calling it out and saying that it's going to be a really neat card. Um, all of a sudden PV, you know, it's, it's sitting at a, a dollar 99, uh, PV mentions it in one of his articles saying, I think it's the real deal. It's a great card. It's going to fit into a lot of strategies. It jumps to three fifty. <laughs> right. And then, um, I'm not done. Okay. So then there are more articles that get released with more pros. Um, which Jesse, you want to? You feel free to jump in here. Like who else yeah. has written about okay. it? Okay. So then Magic League, you go to Magic League and the trial tournaments. Eldrazi Green's playing it. Cobb uh, is playing it, and these are all top three, four decks. And you know we don't take much from Magic League, but that's all we got right now. So every single deck was putting it Spell Sky in their deck for multiple reasons. Like it stops Splinter Twin. It protects your like sorted up dudes. All sorts, like, there's so many reasons to put it in your deck to protect certain, just, like, there's a million reasons to use it, but, like, more people are writing about it. It's showing up in main deck and like, every deck, and it's just, like, blowing up the popularity of it, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and I just want you all fuckers to know that, uh, <laughs> you know... <clears throat> I don't like bragging and all. Well, I you don't. Do, actually. You don't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of do, actually, but, uh, I'm going to give myself all Just the credit in the world on this one and say that uh, you heard it here first, bitches. <laughs> Spellskite. KYT yeah. told, told me to drop more F-bombs, by the way, so I'm going to say, <laughs> fuck, fuck <laughs> you. So it's Star City, I think. Uh, who's got it out of stock at 499? Is that Star City? Yeah, that's Star City Games. So pretty impressive. 
So uh, I, I was able to pick up – I bought up the last five what? on Card Kingdom today <laughs> yeah, boy. at 350 Nice. Wait, Scott, yeah. you're usually the non-believer regardless of like <laughs> – I totally – no, listen. I'm right there. Here, here's the thing. Okay? I, I, I'm totally right there with you. Then I started brewing. <laughs> and I realized that I wanted to play with Tezzeret, and I realized that we were exact, you know, because we all agreed that the place for Spellscud is in a Tezzeret build, and so of course I needed to start the first fucking line in my deck was for Spellskite. I, I've been testing the Mind Hammer some more okay. with the addition cards. Oh my god, Spellskite yeah. is so So Spellskite is currently, <laughs> so for those of you that are interested, Spellskite is currently available on ChannelFireball.com for five forty nine. Yeah. By the way, this this is three days in the past for you yeah. guys listening to this. Okay, so so just so you're aware, like this card is going to so so if you are if you're opening them now, if you you know if this is the hot rare, so pick it up, fucking for cheap, trade it for cheap, sell, get rid of it quickly, and yeah. then you I'm know just, you you should be able to profit. A I'm just gonna bit. trade all my mental missteps for it. Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. I've heard, heard people opening boxes and getting one to zero mental missteps. Yeah, I've heard of that too. <laughs> they have to like know that the card's that good and limit the print run. They just have to. There's no way a box <laughs> that only gets one or zero uncommons in a small yeah. set. Yeah. I picked up mine for five bucks. I'm buying all my cards that I need tomorrow. And... Uh, I'm considering ditching my Jaces. I, I think green got one turn faster, and I'm going to be sticking back to green decks. You should um, ship them to me. See, yeah, you should ship them to Jay. Uh, you don't. You really don't want to get rid of them yet. Um, in my opinion, if you're going to ship them off, it's fucking extended season is when you ship them off, bro. Like, you don't want to do it now because, like, they've already gone down – to, yeah, like you're only gonna get what seventy bucks a Jace now. Seventy. Bill maybe? Bill um, Adamson Tazirial on Twitter was <laughs> saying that the best price he could get, the absolute best price he could get for a store to buy his Jaces from him was something like sixty five at mo. And I think they wouldn't. I think it was even less than that. I think it was like forty bucks. Yeah. Like they're yeah. just they're just going down and down and down. He yeah. said like he so, couldn't he couldn't get anybody to buy them for him for even half of what he paid. The problem is they're limited in legacy. Like they're not used as much, right? KYT. I don't know legacy that well, but they're not like every deck like standard, right? So, right. and right. no one plays extended. So, so that's we're what I'm saying. So hold at the point where it's a really tiny time frame range. But my point is, you hold them until fucking January, and then I'll, and then offload them, and you'll get a hundred bucks a piece for them again. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not one theory. to like even trade away cards ever. I just usually buy them, but. Yeah, man, I fucking went on a cruise, man. <laughs> Shit adds they're, up. They're not like Bane Slayers or anything. Like totally right. different. Like these guys. What a like, piss off Bane Slayer turned out to be. Fuck. <laughs> In the last two days, I've had people offer me like twenty to thirty bucks for my foil Bane Slayer, which is like a fair price. I'm not even complaining about that. But fuck, <laughs> man. Like, remember when foil Bane Slayer was a hundred dollars? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Like, yeah, I should have just the, traded it in for 90 when I got it, but no, I had to hang on to it because it was my wife's, and... They decided to square root the power level of magic in a year. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought I, I was the Asian. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're yeah. not allowed to have Asian KYT on this podcast, bro. I think I said that wrong anyways. <laughs> you did. Uh, <laughs> the power of is what I meant, but word. <laughs> 
Jace is still one of the more powerful uh, four drops in Legacy because yeah. it's just Legacy. They don't play that many uh, big drops, but it's yeah. one of the top two actually. Uh, that in natural order. So, you know, it's it's. I think it's gonna keep a lot of its value. It's certainly gonna drop in the short term, and we'll see what happens. Well, it's hyper long term, like Black Lotus style long term, because Magic will be around that long. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be Black Lotus level, I think. Well, it's it's a it's a really important card um, to a lot of decks, and it's it's definitely going to be unique from here on in, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth holding. Um, so, <laughs> I just think it's really interesting at this point in time that we can kind of realize how much of an impact uh, these pros have on the Magic economy. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's really funny to watch Spellskite go, you know, and and go up almost two dollars in value because PV mentions it in an article. What a dick that guy! <laughs> and yet Jesse mentions it on our podcast, and it drops a quarter. Like I, right. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> Admittedly, I don't have any credibility. Um, and I pretty much whiffed on Kaka Phoenix. Yeah. So, so we do, do we score but, you one one? Like, are you one one right now? Well, I'm well, sure he's talked about other cards that are bad that he said were awesome. He has. Nah. To. I mean, I mean, Koldatha Phoenix isn't bad though. Like, it still seems play, <laughs> and it's gonna see more play. You can't even you can't it. even admit you're wrong when you start a sentence with "I was wrong about this." <laughs> <laughs> what the. I'm saying I was not as right with Kaldatha Phoenix. That was. <laughs> I oh. was not as right. I was only sort of right. <laughs> Guys, we can't Fuck. judge him wrong until after rotation, though. Oh. If it doesn't so. see play, if it doesn't see play after rotation, then he's wrong. Right. We, need, we need a list. We need a list of Smitty cards, and then we can like <laughs> check check the columns. <laughs> I mean, Holy fuck. The Smitty cards are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just started getting into this speculation pet card business. Um, and uh, where was I going with that? You know, I've only been playing Magic a year and a half, maybe almost two years now, right? And I'm getting better at this shit. So. Are uh, you? You just better start listening, is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We can move on now. Buy your cacaws now. They'll be great and extended. They well, they're in block right now, pretty heavily. So, yeah, I I want you to write an article called like Smitty's top Smitty's list or something. You like Smitty's angels. You put, nah, I was like, just gonna say that. Or you put like yeah yeah angels. You put like three cards that you think so that we can actually go back and see if you're right or okay. wrong. I think that'd be interesting. Well, but do I do it at the point where I'm talking about Spellskite right now, or have I already blown that load and I need no, to no, start? No, no, I'll I'll let you put Spellskite as one okay. of the three. So. Well, see now now it but now it looks like I'm a chump and I'm just banking off of whatever. Else oh, the, oh yeah, that's what. Isn't that that's what, what you're doing? We have we've, a, no, we've got proof in the podcast, man. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. link to the fucking episode where you first go all over it. Good point. I like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll write that. And while I'm at it, um, fuck you guys. You fucking, <laughs> yeah. While you guys write a fucking article for the site that you owe me. <laughs> When something relevant comes up, I will for sure. Well, it's been a year now, so I don't know how <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have you back. This cast is really good just ripping on uh, me. Isn't it? It's so uh, good old time. How was your cruise anyway? I won't get into it, but it was freaking awesome. It was amazing. I love my wife. Such a good time. <laughs> We had an awesome time. Blowies. Blowies. (laughs) 
Life plug. <laughs> okay. We got to thank, okay. thank her again for doing uh, the Spinny's Angels intro. Yeah. <laughs> that Did she record awesome. that? I had no idea. She was new. She was new. <laughs> That's funny. It yeah. was funny. That was well, a good April Fool's joke. I like. I mean, and, the Yom TG Taps one was pretty good, but it was April first. It's kind. Of, it was like too obvious, but it was. It was good. They played it well in the whole beginning of the cast and everything. You yeah, but your intro took like me by surprise, and I'm on this freaking cast. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's what it was awesome. It's more like of a chump on you guys than it's anyone like, else. What the fuck? When did you yeah. record this shit? <laughs> it was really funny. Have you been playtesting a lot of standard, Jesse? Is is Splinter Twin for real? Um, it's a really tough call because Splinter Twin is the type of deck where you need a good pilot for it to actually be good. <clears throat> you need to like be really aware. I think it is a real deck, and it's going to be at the beginning. And we'll really know this weekend uh, when you're downloading this. Standard will already have happened in Star City Games Florida, but... Um, I do think it'll be a real deck. However, it's one of those strategies where we actually do have a lot of answers. And once people figure it out and learn how to beat it, which will happen faster than people will learn how to play it, it'll go away. So I think it's a really short-term issue with uh, Splinter Twin Combo. Um, But that's my judgment. I think there's other decks like that too, which is one I've posted today. It's like a mono green infect. I think there will be a lot of those type of ideas uh, pulling out right right now at the beginning, like for the first month or so. And then we'll kind of go like fall back into the Cobblade or um, we'll be lucky if we get another tier one strategy like that. I don't know. Um, I got to tell you, I, I... Like Exarch Splinter Twin is is so is so powerful as a two card combo interaction that you almost always have to be prepared for it. You do because otherwise it will ruin you from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right? especially I with a tap tap your land so you can't counter. Anything. That's what I'm saying, right? So I mean, you're looking at it from the perspective of okay, so Cobblade has to now play Celestial Purge, like not optional, right? Um, I mean, granted, there's a lot of other cards no, that it can no, play. Scotty, Scotty. They have to play yeah. spell sky. Right. They have to play spell okay, sky. Okay, but that too. So <laughs> Celestial clearly... Purge doesn't stop the combo. It fucking kills Splinter Twin. Are you yeah. on glue? No, no and I... then they just, in response, do it. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> you want glue, you fucking donkey? Limited yeah. champion in the house. Boom. Right. You know who played with Sp- Splinter Twin in Limited? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's right. the... Okay, you can finish your thoughts, Scotty. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's fine. I agree with you. There's there are a lot of answers. Um, I think that uh, we're going to find ourselves at an interesting crossroads with Spellskite being an artifact creature and Deceiver Exarch. I think that Black is really well positioned and Go for the Throat seems like it's probably going to come to the forefront at this point. And uh, the people will also then be using um, Dismember. I think to kind of deal with uh, on with uh, the artifact guys. So it's. Um, it's it's a powerful strategy. It's one you've got to be prepared to, or Absolutely. prepared for rather. And if you're not, it's just going to fucking prison rape you. Like it's. I think really it bad. is. I think the only thing that beats it is counter magic. 
Well, no, no, no. The, but it's in a blue. It's in a red blue deck, and and if the speed is right, like you're there, like you really, I think black is the best position color to beat it because they can. They've got the most answers to instantly killing the Exarch without yeah. worrying about Spellskite interference. Absolutely, and it runs the most powerful suite of discard that you can use to kind of like just preemptively shoot the combo. Yeah, so, I, so, I meant for like. I just mean for like established decks right now. Countering it is going to be your best bet. You you'll see decks come out with. You're telling me that mono black control isn't an established deck list. No. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Carry on. Okay. I I thought you were caveman and killing me. No, I wasn't. I was not doing that. <laughs> so I own Jace's. It's okay. The the thing is the thing is I've I've play tested against this deck already with a few of those deck lists that you saw on the site that I posted, um, and when I know exactly how it works and what's coming, it just doesn't work as good. And the thing is, I don't think people will actually prepare for tournaments for the first week or two against it until it shows results, and therefore, I it's gonna. I have, disagree with that. That's fucking no. That's bullshit. You don't think Everyone's people? Co- no, this deck is totally on the radar. That's fucking retarded. But yeah. really? no, 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 no. Here's here's my point. Here's my point. Absolutely, it's on the radar, and everyone knows about it now. But the problem is, people are like, from what I've witnessed personally, people are so lazy in testing. Only the good players are actually going to test about it realistically and understand what they're doing. Like everyone knows about it, yes, but like that's just like a. Like, what am I trying to say? I think, I think what Smitty's trying to say is that the big players like Jerry T and all those guys will, will obviously have prepared for this somewhat, but the people at your F&M won't. So yeah, it's the a fucking good Dirtles F&M. won't. Jerry yeah. may be playing this deck, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Like, the Dirtles yeah. won't be preparing for this, so play it at your F&M and, and play it until people hate it, right? Like just And then just switch to fucking P- Pyromancer's Ascension. Like, um, yeah. but, so, but, so like, don't, Jerry so T don't, and, and Pat Chapin are prepared for this. Is what don't made. play this deck. Yeah, that's fine. By the way, don't play this deck with Pyromancer's Ascension. Don't play them together. No. Yeah, no, don't do it. It's nope. a trap. Don't I've been I've been testing it a lot both ways. Uh, I've been testing PV's brew of Pyromancer's Ascension with black. I think that's yep. fucking the worst. Um, and like the mana base is just so bad. And like top decking duress fucking turn fifteen when all you need is any card to kill them is just awful. Um. So the and I and I've tested it with I think he's absolutely correct when he says when you're playing Pyromancer's Ascension you don't want eight cards that aren't instants or sorceries in your deck. There's yeah. there's better cards for it. Um Pyromancer's Ascension I don't think is very good right now. I don't think it should come back just because of Git Probe and maybe Gamble. Um the Gamble is actually really good uh because of the proliferate, but I I just don't think that it's that good. I if you're gonna play a blue red deck, you play either cross control or you play the Exarch combo. Yeah. Scotty and I that's what my testing is telling me anyway. I fully admit that I could be wrong on the Splinter Twin because I mean if like the pros figure out like consistently or people who like are avid about the deck consistently figure out that you you do have a good way to get off the combo even when it's hated, then okay. I mean it could work out. Three color. Listen, you. We've all we all know that three color decks are, and especially in shard, are not impossible mana bases when everything requires fucking one, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, realistically, the Exarch is what three mana, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And so one of them's blue. You've got a shit ton of black discard that you can play, uh, which all is cheap um, to clear the way. You've got Git Probe if you want it, uh, Misstep out of the board if you need it, like to prevent against other discard. Like there's a lot of options I think that sit there within the within the Grixis shard uh, and a lot of removal. I mean we've seen a lot of successful Grixis mana bases, and it's really not that much of a stretch to put one together that's going to accommodate this deck. And I think that that's probably your best bet uh, in terms yeah. of attacking it. Now that being said, I mean. The interesting rogue strategies that may come up. I mean, if you think about it from a um, from this perspective, there's a lot of land destruction that's actually reasonable in terms of dudes in a curve right now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you've got acidic slimes, you've got uh, rune blasters, you've got beast within, you've got um, uh, I, I said mole shamblers if you need them. Uh, you've got Karn that can start exiling lands. Like it could be dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Think there, there's a lot of rogue strategies. I think one of the best cards that made green revive. It's the best green card or most useful green card I think since Vengevine, as far as green being relevant, is Chancellor of the Tangle. It complete. It sped up green decks by a turn and maybe a turn and a half. Okay, I need to see results. I'm not going to endorse so, it until I see so it. So let's so let's talk about the numbers there. Hold on one second. Somebody actually went ahead and did this math, so I'm actually going to share it with you all now and lay down some wisdom on you. Okay. Man, Dad's good at doing my homework. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, Jesse, we, we were at the science fair, and Jesse, like, picked a solar system to do, <laughs> and, I, and I came in with a full working model of a volcano. <laughs> Dad's doing my homework. <laughs> Hold on. I think it's actually on Channel Fireball, and I think it was actually resident calculator um, Alexander Shearer that ran this. Okay. So, uh, yep, there it is. Okay. Resident calculator, nice. Dude, the man is fucking more of an accountant than you are. Okay. So uh, here's the math on Chancellor. Okay. So best case scenario, obviously the best case scenario is you're running in at a deck that is Fauna Shaman and all the rest of the shit, and you've got to turn one Fauna Shaman, right? Yeah. So, you know, you could hit first turn Stoneforge for a second turn Battle Skull. Batter Skull, like, there's a lot of different shit you can do. So, if you start with a basic question, you run Chancellors in your deck, how likely are you to have them in their opening hand? If you consider seven card opening hands with workable mana, the odds look like this depending on how many copies of Chancellor you have in your deck. So, 8% of you have one, 16% of you have two, 23% of you have three. 29% if you have 4. So topping out at 29%, that's not exciting. We're, of course, allowed to mulligan. If we allow mulls to 6, then the odds are 15, uh, 15, 26, 36, and 44, respectively. So 44% chance of hitting one or more chancellors in our opening hand if we let ourselves mulligan to 6. That's not bad, right? Okay. So here's the issue. So then you get into... Then there's the coincidence of what's the odds if you have a chancellor and a, and a fauna shaman in your opening hand? It's got to be really low, but... 11. Yeah. And if you allow a mull to 6, it's 16%. Okay. So then you go, okay, so what if I allow either a Fauna Shaman or a Stoneforge Mystic? Right. So then you're into 27%. Okay. In terms of the combination. So realistically, I mean, it's there's really not a lot of math, uh, not a lot of really good math behind it. Um, I mean, it, I guess it depends on how many two drops you want to right. run in your and deck. He, and here's the thing with that. That's like my argument is look at the two drops we have. Okay, so let's talk. Let's say we're talking a Vengevine deck because generally that's what Chancellor is going to be in. So yeah. we've got 
we've got Fauna Shaman at two. We've got Lotus Cobra at two. Uh, I like turn two Jaces and turn two Vengevines. I like, we've got double birds. How about like double Lanor Elves or birds Lanor Elf? Or how about Stoneforge Mystic? Uh, I'm sh- how about a turn two Squadron Hawk discarding Vengevine and recurring Vengevine turn two via that way? There are so many good two drops and one drops to make this card. Every time you draw it, it's going to be bonkers on your opening hand. So if you don't But that's have the it, only time. Right. Well, the, does it matter? Yeah, because otherwise mean, you just... Then why don't you just play? put five look, black cards in but, your just mono green deck? But look at all the, look at all the <laughs> cards I just <laughs> named. Like, 75% of them were two-for-ones, like card advantage cards, squad. No, absolutely, hops. absolutely. But the Chancellor is only four cards in your 60-card deck that you have a 16% chance of hitting with something that is worth anything. And then and then what? And then well, if you don't 16%, draw it it's and then if you more. don't draw it it's fucking a 7 mana card that does nothing. So Which, the card itself, here's a here, here's the thing. Okay, it's very 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 dependent, right? If you, Jay's right, if you draw it late, it's fucking terrible. Not necessarily um, terrible. It's, it's pretty if terrible. You draw it, listen, it's if bad. it's your turn if it's your turn 4 rip, you'd be really angry. That's not on turn 4 you could cast it. You're playing like birds and cobras or elves and stuff with it. And oh, I forgot you're playing against somebody who has no interaction with you or removal or yeah. counter spells. So I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like yes, there are decks that are going to look to try to capitalize on this and eke out that advantage, and in that case, the risk versus reward yeah, of course. scenario will pay off. Of course. But I mean, like in general, with standard being as so okay. The reason it's appealing right now is because the first turn, the first three turns against Cobblade are the ones that you really need to capitalize, right? right? That's where you need to stabilize, get yourself in, and put Cobblade on its heels so that it's not putting you on yours. Exactly. Um, so that's fine. So in that capacity, that works. And if we're looking at how do I want to aggressively attack the metagame today, maybe that's a viable answer. And with the right deck, risk versus reward, it's good math, okay? The challenge becomes when Cobblade starts to decline – because it will. Okay. Or it just crushes right. you. Actually, will it? I don't know if it yeah, will. Yeah. Once they ban oh, Stoneforge Mystic, it will. No, <laughs> they're not going to ban Stoneforge Mystic. They're going to let us run with this shit for another six months and then just rotate it. Dude, it's the whole reason they Stone printed Stoneforge is Zark. better than Jace right now in the format. <laughs> I don't is. disagree with you. But my point is, is that I, I think Cobblade may see a bit of a decline right now, like in the next little bit, especially if Exarch Twin takes off. Um, because it seems like it can kind of come out of absolutely nowhere I think, and just demolish. Cobblade. I think we should stay on point with the Chancellor topic because I think that if we start talking about uh, Cobblade and okay. other things, we can get into things so like Cobblade and Blackblade and et cetera. Like, so let me get just, back to that. So yeah. let me get back to the point. So the point is, is that as long as Cobblade is dominant, the Chancellor strategy seems like a good risk versus reward proposition. Um, if the metagame changes and something that's a bit more mid-range, like a Birthing Pod deck comes out, then we're into something else entirely. Yeah, Birthing Pod won't be a deck, at least until October, in my opinion. The chance, Okay, here's the thing with the Chancellor. Like, the reward definitely outweighs the risk, because green decks, the problem was they couldn't beat Volaku, right? They couldn't beat decks that were, like, mono-red. Valakut's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mostly. I mean, I kind of agree with that. I kind of don't. I mean, you'll see it. It's not a deck you just want to ignore. I think. Completely. I think the the main thing that I that I'm thinking here is this Chancellor strategy might pull you out of a four zero in a daily, 
Uh, it's not going to win you anything that you have to play more than four rounds. Uh, it's not going to... Like, the deck either... Like, if it's going to win anything that's more than four rounds, it won't be dependent on this Chancellor play. I think that... It's better to just put four really good cards in your deck instead of... I'd rather just play four Beast Withins. The problem is if you're playing green, I mean, it can beat Cobblade, but you're not going to beat the Splinter Twin combo. The, the only way you're going to beat that deck is to be faster than it, and green decks are too... Sl- <laughs> so what, no, so what are you doing then? The only way you're, you're going to beat Splinter Twin in green is with four Nature's Claim and four Beast Within. Yeah, like, I don't well, think that going... Jesse, I don't think going turn two... Okay, turn and two fucking Vengevine is not going to beat. Turn two Vengevine is not going to beat Splinter Twin. Yes, it is. No, it's not because I'm just going to no, go. I'm just going to go land go, and you're going to do what? Attack for four. And I'm going to go tap your guy with a fucking Exarch. And you're going to go okay, play a Dirtle go for eight. Yeah, I'm and I'm gonna play. I'm gonna go play a dirtle. It's still not death. I'm gonna it's go play a dirtle go, and then I'm gonna play fucking my enchantment, and I'm gonna make infinite guys and kill you. No, no, you just ignored like a fucking entire turn where I have already have a vengevine. Okay, but do you, and, like, do you kill Cobra him? on the board? Is it is it twenty damage by your opponent's turn four uh, or turn you, three? It's not turn four. It's turn three. This chancellor no, no, by your opponent's four. Is it twenty damage by your opponent's four? Yes, yes chancellor. Or no? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. This Ow. deck. This deck makes green decks so fast. Okay. No, no, no. So minus. So, ne- one so the next Cobra? one is. Okay. That's fine. Into so what? The next, into what? Here's Dude, the next uh, question. Here's the next question. Jesse, I'm there uh, with you. I, I understand. Know, I, okay. It's fast as shit. It's going to put Cobblade on its heels. Don't. No question. Exarch Splinter Twin comes out of nowhere. You're swinging in with whatever the hell you feel like swinging in on on, t- on your opponent's turn three. So if, let's just assume you're on the play. It's your turn four. Yeah, sure, you're swinging for a lot of damage. But on that turn four, your opponent is going to cast the Exarch, and then it's going to tap one of your attacking creatures and block another one. So I just think it's it's big enough and obnoxious enough. Plus, you're probably going to get a dude bolted by turn two. This is a red-blue deck, after all. Or countered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. I mean, you, so I just, I just don't right. think, I just don't think that at this point in time, it's fast enough to beat Splinter Twin, if the Splinter Twin gets a reasonable draw. Right. And, and with four thing, and like, four and preordain, it probably is a reasonable. I mean, you're and, talking. And, and, I'm, I'm talking if, about a nut draw, my nut draw versus your nut draw, I guess. So I mean, you are kind of right, but we also do have other answers to that that we can incorporate, like. The list I posted actually has main deck Spellskites because the Spellskite, I, I, I'm, I am worried about the Splinter Twin combo because if I don't come out fast, it, it can be trouble. So, I agree. I mean, but this, the Spellskite can equip equipment and attack and stuff. So, yep. And it also saves, saves your dudes and shit. So, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've got to play around with it more. Um, I didn't get a chance to do the green-white versus Splinter Twin. So, we'll see. But you could I'm wondering... It. I'm wondering if Spellskite is going to end up being like mental misstep in Legacy. So like everyone's going to play Spellskite because everybody wants to, you know, dodge all of the cards. But like it's the same thing in Legacy, right? Like everyone's going to play mental misstep because you want to counter brainstorms and all of that other shit. But like everyone's going to play mental misstep in Providence. And then oh, at what point in time is everyone going to stop playing mental misstep? Is the Spellskite going to be the same thing in Standard? Like everybody wants to play it to begin with because it's going to eat all removal. It's going to eat, you know, it's going to stop Splitter Twin. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. It's going to, you know, cure cancer. I mean, like. At what point in time are we going to find ourselves in a situation where playing Spellskite isn't right anymore? Yeah, I mean, as long as 
excuse me, Splinter Twins around, Spellsky is going to be around because it's the best answer, in my opinion. I mean, you're not just playing a fucking artifact like Torpor Orb to stop it. You're actually getting a blocker that protects like your other creatures and planeswalkers and it's fucking the same thing as torpor but like better so so i'll ask a question to the to the panel i throw myself out on the mercy of the jury <laughs> if everyone's playing spellskite in a world where everyone's playing spellskite how <laughs> fucking outstanding is mindslaver <laughs> seriously seriously somebody answer that <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I will tumble magnet. You did. So KYT, KYT, what are you looking to do on uh, with uh, with Cobblade? What are you, what are your main ad- main additions? Um, I don't. I'm really. Or are you just gonna wait until somebody tells you what to play? play it. Yeah. Just gonna Hold wait. Head. Cause He's just like, gonna wait until somebody else plays it better. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I'm I'm gonna excited to see the different versions. Like Jerry's pushing for no Gideons, and and PV just posted what he would play right now. But the main focus for me right now is obviously uh, GP Providence, which is Legacy. So I haven't had time to really think yeah. too much about Standard. And like tomorrow at my local store, it's gonna be the release event. So there's not much Standard um, anytime soon for me to release to... event is Standard, isn't it? That's game day. Yeah, yeah. The release event uh, is generally limited. Oh, our, our, I think our release events are standard. <laughs> um, so I'm happy we've thought of uh, two of your three cards already, Jesse. The Chancellor and Spellskite. So you just have yeah. to uh, just have to pick out one more. I know, I know, right? Um, did you guys actually hear about? Sorry, I, I heard you mention like your tra- your. Or you're talking about taking out Gideon's out of Cobblade. I was right. listening to the Top Eight podcast, which you know, runner up to the best podcast, you know, <laughs> us. So, uh, <clears throat> but Flores was talking about. Um, I'm just kidding, by the way, guys. I love multiple podcasts, but I won't name them all. Uh, <laughs> Flores was talking about how like Edward Flores like might be one of the best deck builders out right now. Like he was so ahead of the curve. How he stuck with blue white. Um, where everyone was trying like the 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 blade version, the red and the the dark blade and the with the black, and Flores was just sticking with blue white, and then he cut Gideon's, and people are starting to lean that way. I mean, uh, I don't know, like the Cobblade, fuck that deck is good, but I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> what the story, was bro? That? I thought you were going to ask us if you think we agree about this. Like, well, I don't I, think I do want to know that, but like. <laughs> Like Gideon Scott, seems so good. It's always good every time you cast him. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about like Edgar Flores. I think Scott and I, like on the podcast, at least I know I was. I was really strong about blue white, straight blue white. Yeah, you were. Beginning yeah. and and Edgar didn't really innovate at all. His list, like s- small tweaks, but the the whole cutting the Gideons and playing more baby Jaces instead, that was the 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 main innovation that I saw. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm not. And I don't know, like, it, it, it's pretty interesting. Like, that makes Cobblade's mana curve, like, lower than any other deck in Standard. <laughs> That's crazy. But it, but it makes, so it makes it more vul- vulnerable to Mental Misstep, too, right? So I think you're going to see a lot of Into the Royal start popping into Cobblade as opposed to Condemn. Um, it just seems to make more sense. It dodges I, Misstep, and it dodges the White uh, Sword, which is relevant. 
Isn't Journey just way better than Into the No, Rope? because you can't Journey a fucking uh, sort Gideon. of Gideon. Sort of War and, and Peace dude, or yeah, yeah, which is which is totally going to be all over the. You place, also so. can't you can't journey like a Jace. You can bounce a Jace if you need to win, yeah. or you can oh, bounce. Wait. A... By the way, rewind. Oh. So like, <laughs> Chancellor of the Tangle, <laughs> Chancellor of the Tangle, turn one Stoneforge, turn two Sword of War and Peace against Cobblade. Oh my God, that's good. Okay, <laughs> fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? I, I would love to live. I would love to live in Jesse's world for at least a day. I would love if Chancellor like, turned out to be good. I would love it. I would really love. I don't it think my heart hurt. could handle it if I lived in Jesse's world for a day. <laughs> my brain would just stop functioning. I'd be one of like those drooly T Rex kids in the home. Just fucking. I have such an ADD problem, man. My oh mind my everywhere. God. I can't fucking remember. You know, this, it's like, like with like Edgar Flores, like on that podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I was talking about, but hey, remember like 15 minutes ago, Chancellor of the Tangle? And then like, sort of War and Peace turned, oh, oh. man, that's so crazy. <laughs> What's funny is like sometimes when I'm talking, like in something connects to something we were talking about earlier, it's probably completely disconnected, like from everything everyone else is hearing. <laughs> uh, the connection's like only visible in my dome ski. My dome ski. <laughs> Shout outs. Shout outs. No, no, let's keep podcasting. <laughs> oh my god. I'm curious what's what turns out to be good in terms of the for as a cobblade player the equipment package, right? Like yeah. what? I mean, people are just playing one sort of war and peace, and people are playing one batter skull. I really like how how the deck evolved. You had people playing two sort of feast and famine, right? Right, like before New Phyrexia and and Mortar Pod. Oh wait, I'm sorry, Mortar Pod. Yeah. So there's a different. You know, it'll be interesting. Like, I thought War and Peace could be, like, I mean, it depends on the metagame, but. Well, to look at it this way, I was thinking about this earlier when I was brewing, and I'm, I'm like, okay, so Cobbler, let's say they play a turn two Stoneforge Mystic, and they fetch out, I mean, do they fetch out Batter Skull, or do they fetch out a sword? Because, I mean, if, let's say your Stoneforge get blasted, you're stuck with this, this, like, five casting cost artifact that's probably slightly worse than Gideon um, in your hand. Well, you're really actually stuck with just a Baneslayer Angel. I think that right. uh, Stoneforge is, is right up there in terms of Lotus Cobra now. The Batter Skull is in the environment. Like, you just have to kill the fucking Stoneforge. Like, you, right. can't affo- you cannot allow uh, the free Batter Skull. So like, because, you just can't. So because any deck can play Dismember. I mean, Red's obvious that, that they'll kill it fast. Black's obvious that they'll kill it fast. White you won't right so i mean but dismember can be thrown in any deck so how often are you grabbing the batter skull turn two is it just like dependent on what your opponent is playing or what's the deal there that seems like a tough decision i mean as a cowboy player yeah we got to pass this to kyt wow well i think it would depend like what i'm playing against i think it's still as i'm going to be starting out i think the the current strategy is just to go for the feast and famine still as as my default equipment to go to well are you i mean look at it i guess let's look at it this way so like they're in a color that's uh you're not worried about like it's not red or black um but they dismember your stone forge after you grabbed a batter skull 
are you, I mean, th- is that s- situation actually beneficial to you because they took four fucking life and <laughs> you still, you still, uh, got a card out of their hand and replaced one in yours. I mean, is that still good or is that? Not yeah, I still good? like, do I still love my situation? You mean? I yeah, think, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, like, it's just, that's, that's why Stoneforge is so bonkers. I mean, with good equipment, it's like whatever, right? Like I could there's like so many combination of cards that I could have in my hand, like to, to really, it's just nuts, right? <laughs> like I could have another Stoneforge. I could have Squadron Hawks or, or whatnot. But I mean, if I think you have removal and then it's, I'm not sure I get batter skull. Do you, yeah. do you, do you go turn three, uh, mystic instead of turn two with spell pierce backup and get a batter skull? Seems pretty good. Take four life, counter that spell. <laughs> then then play a fucking Baneslayer Angel. Go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Seems that like that a beats a Chancellor deck every day. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because a lot of people are now... Well, I've seen a couple builds of Cobblade coming forth that are running Spellskite themselves. So the turn two play oh, becomes Spellskite. Yeah, totally. And, and then the turn three play becomes... <laughs> Uh, Stoneforge with spe- with spell pierce, yeah, and get right or skull, and then you yeah. double, and then thing. and then you can run you whatever with whatever equipment you fetch up. You can quite literally like drop it onto the board and equip the spell skite for free almost. Yeah, you know what I'm and talking swing. about. Oh yeah, holy for eight holy vigilance, fuck. dude. Oh four my god. Games. Yeah, and it's I'm not playing the standard anymore. Skeet, skeet, motherfucker! So, That's and insane. truthfully, truthfully, what made me buy spell skites? Honestly, if you need to get down to the nitty gritty, was that I saw cobblade lists with spell skites uh, in them. Yeah, like, oh, okay. It makes fuck. a little bit of sense because, like, the only target you don't want to die, I think. Well, so by the way, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like, spell skite stops tumble magnet. Yep. Like, just throwing it out there. Yep. Because, right? like, yep. KYT, what's the number one fucking stop card against Cobblade right now? <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely. I don't know. Stop Splinter Twin. Stop. Oh, my God. Spell Sky is so good. All right. <laughs> pretty good. Man. Man. I love Dirge. that card, man. And tell me. Tell me. <laughs> he is not just fucking sitting on the biggest. Ball of explosion <laughs> ever, man. <laughs> what does that picture look like? I mean, oh no, you mentioned the fact that it's just a huge, gigantic ball like, of cum. And translucent fucking, spider balls. Yeah, he's just gonna fucking bust the biggest load ever. <laughs> After he steals your spell, just gear, 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 gear. Can I? Can I just throw out there real quick? I don't know if, if for for those of you that have uh, Star City Games Premium and read uh, Jerry T's uh, article this week. Um, really awesome that uh, he's recommending a rug list with three consecrated sphinxes in the main. That is cool. Just throwing it out there. Wow, that's pretty uh, Right here, I called it. Thank yeah. you. Con- <laughs> consecrated sphinx is legit. Did you call it? I did. Dude, I've been like swearing up and down about that card in rug and bug. Like it replaces fucking Avengers Endicar full on. Really? I took I oh yeah. So three separate occasions I my national qualifiers that I went to, I took a bug list. Uh three separate occasions I resolved a consecrated sphinx and over the course of those three occasions, I drew twenty six extra cards. Jeez. 
Yeah, no, that you, card's fucking You've been stupid. shooting me decklist with that in it for a while, for sure. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Really, really exciting. Ready? So, Friday list. Ali Antrazi just puts up a list. It says, and his article is, Dear Jin Gitaxis, I love you. He has put up another Turboland list. Oh, uh, Turboland. Sweet. Huh? Four Consecrated Sphinx, four Lotus Cobra, four Oracle, four Beast Within, two Mana Leak, one Jin Gitaxis, four Jace, one Karn, four Explorer, four Preordain, and land. I'm definitely playing this. <laughs> I think so too. I think so too. This looks fucking awesome. That's funny. Jin Kiktaxis is like my is my favorite card, as I mentioned, of the entire set. <laughs> really? KYT's pet card. All right. All right. You can play this KYT. Just ship me co- Cobblade with turn three or four Batter Skull, forty eight <laughs> Vigilance, make you cry bullshit. He put up a he put up a, a couple legacy lists here too. By the way, this is. I mean. I don't like it because I think it's really good, but its effect is one of the most powerful on a card if it's in play that I've seen. So yeah, um, I mean it's just bonkers, <laughs> and it's being played in a deck that's not even a reanimator deck. I am one hundred percent building this shit. <clears throat> no, dude, 100%. you gotta build one of these uh, lists off of sixtycards.com. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta we'll post put this more. list up. I know I posted four today. You gotta <laughs> put yeah, this one up. More. You've been away and the site's been neglected. And put it's been good terrible. lists. Up. I know. I need. I need more articles. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, if you'd like, I'll work a little bit more on that uh, list I shipped you today. Yeah, totally. And uh, let you know how that goes. But I'm 100% gonna play this fucking Turbo Land list because I've wanted to play a Turbo Land list with Karn forever. Ever since he was spoiled, I'm like, I'm totally going to play him in Turbo Land. And it plays four Consecrated Sphinx. Like, that's fucking retarded. I'm going to play this. Bust it, player. Yeah. Even puts up a sideboard. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I'll be looking forward to tomorrow. Well, not really. I don't think you guys have any tips for me for uh, three packs of New Phyrexia, three packs of uh, uh, Scars. Let's not yeah. talk about that. <laughs> play, play the Hill Giants. Pray that you open bombs. And understand that uh, the green overrun is worth splashing for. Oh, you will be... Okay, so if you open two of the land-searching uh, Wellsprings... Oh, yeah, You can pretty much do whatever you want. Oh, man, I love that card. Yeah. I didn't open any in both my pools. It was fucking terrible. So, I guess, shout-outs, guys, gentlemen? Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll start, I guess. I'll, sh- I'll just give a quick shout out to Jesse. We definitely missed you. I mean, it's not, the chemistry's not the same without you. And just you just totally jizz- jizzing all over yourself with your <laughs> cards is, uh, cannot be replaced. And uh, thank uh. you for making time to join us this cast. And obviously, shout out to Dad and, and Jay, who uh, was constantly eating during our pre show. <laughs> <laughs> um, just shout outs to you guys. Yeah. Word. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, shout outs to anyone that was kind enough to take their time for me to interview them during uh, the pre release. It was just my first attempt to see if I could do something with video. Obviously, i um, going to get better at it. I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. Is that any good? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've broken up. Well, 
I've broken it up into fucking <laughs> 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 <Like> Jay. <laughs> I've broken it up into seven parts, and each part is a different person. So um, definitely, I think people will appreciate the one with uh, Jay Elorar and Dan Kramer. Jay being get that far, yeah. <laughs> Jake is firing. Jay being uh, our national champion and all, like two yeah, time, totally. and so it's interesting to hear his thoughts along with Dan Kramer, who's insanely good at uh, limited. And then there are other ones. That are Frankie has one, you know, so you'll definitely love that, Scott. Francois Richard, that's Frankie. Yeah. Oh, I gotta so, watch it. And I, I owe it to Jake to watch it too. So I just haven't watched it yet, but I, I will. Yeah, so shout out to all those guys who took the time and, and to to answer a bunch of questions, and you know, we'll see uh, what I do with with all of this. And I guess I'm out. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Uh, Jay sure. or Jesse? <laughs> uh, just a big shout out to uh, Jesse for coming back. Uh, we missed you for sure on our last cast. So uh, I'm glad that you're back, and Yay. I'm glad that you're still being crazy and talking <laughs> about bad cards and arguing them to the fucking to the tits, that's my favorites. Um, I haven't really interacted with a lot of the Magic community this week. Uh, shout outs to anybody who wants to help me with my five color EDH deck. Uh, that's dude, a problem. Dude, just currently. go to Carlos and call it a day. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I could do that. Uh, yeah, shout no, out seriously, to... seriously, dude's retarded. Just go to Carlos. Yeah, yeah all right, I'll do that. Um, shout out to. <laughs> Um. Hmm. Oh, shout out to the Canadian government who finally got me my fucking welfare check. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 motherfuckers. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, what? Living the dream. Me and KYT are fucking living the dream on EI. Boom. Now, if only all Sony has to do is fix, oh my their, God. fix their fucking network, and then me and KYT can play some fucking. I don't know, some game on there that isn't shitty Killzone 3. Um, shout out to you guys for always showing up. And just a shout out to all the TOs. Uh, shout out to all the TOs for putting on the pre-release. Uh, Anti-shout out to Wizards for stopping the regional pre-releases. That's the worst. You guys suck. And I really probably am never going to go to a pre-release again. Like I can't imagine going to a pre-release with the same 10 guys over and over again. It's going to be interesting, especially if you keep fucking the formats up. By making them awful. Um, oh, come on. I love Watsy. Oh, yeah. Them. Yeah, Six. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to fucking my wife, I guess. She had pink eye this week. Oh, keep oh. your goggles on, girl. Yeah, she didn't keep her goggles on, so we got her with the we got her with some skeet skeet pink eye. <laughs> she can smell kind of bummer, dude. Ah, totally. Oh. That's what I said. Even and I just like finished on her face and just spell sky. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to her because she's been at home annoying oh, me all week, and it's oh. been the worst. Oh. All right. Yeah, that's it. I'll go. Uh, shout out to my wife, too, for an awesome fucking time. It was fantastic. Cruises are awesome. All that shit I said about Carnival, I totally take back, man. They, the fucking service is incredible, man. These people work seven days a week for seven months straight, and they're always 
good to you like and they're always in a good mood it's fucking crazy inhumane so uh big ups to uh the wifey for making the trip good and carnival cruise <laughs> and uh yeah looking forward to possibility of magic cruise in the future so uh also i'm gonna give a shout out to you guys for welcoming me back it made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside and a big shout out to uh, my editor, David Mantle. Let's get this boy some more followers, man. He's like not even at 100 yet, and he's my main editor, and he's stuck with me the whole fucking way, and he's awesome and a cool guy. So follow writer1007. It's off the top of my head. I hope I have that right uh, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, he was super helpful. Got two articles up while I was gone. Um, and then a shout out to my brother, artbyandrew.com, if you're looking to start an MTG site, uh, because he helped me out while I was gone and getting a few articles up, so it didn't look like I ditched the site completely. And uh, back to you, Scotty. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, first of all, I'd just like to say uh, I'd like to shout out to Jesse's wife. Um, it was really good of her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I uh, want to shout out to uh, my coming daughter lily uh yes. she will be here soon i know uh, how soon is that i don't know like really soon my like any day be. soon so here's what's awesome so we just went to the uh we just went to the doctor and uh for like her bi-weekly checkup or whatever and she's at 37 weeks or something wow it's been that long yeah what dude the fuck i know i know 37 weeks so 30 she hits 38 weeks as of like saturday okay how many? So, hey, how about this? How about this? How much time is that in non-pregnant dad years? That's one week away, two weeks okay. away. So apparently, that's all you gotta say. Not everybody's had babies. No, no. Fuckers. So here's the thing. So apparently, I was getting to that. I'm not gonna leave you out in the cold. I'll I'll educate you. So apparently, uh, like pregnancy ceases between generally between weeks 38 and 41. Okay. So as of Saturday, I'm now into like the three week. Any day time. Yeah. So the doc. So the doctor says to my wife, she's like, "All right, well, if your water breaks, go to the hospital." <laughs> Pretty good advice. If your contractions start and they get to be like three minutes apart, go to the hospital. <laughs> Man, doctors are so smart. She's yeah. like, if you start bleeding and it's like clotty, go to the hospital. Come on. <laughs> Really? Uh, like this is this fuck. is this is the medical advice? And she's like, Yeah, apparently. I'm like, all right, so we're good to go. She's like, Yep. I'm like, okay. Wow. So so quite literally, like any day within the next three weeks, yep. I will have my baby daughter. Nice, dude. That's gonna be so, awesome. So shout out to that. Um shout out to uh all the people that help keep me sane when I want to kill everybody that makes me angry. Um, I'd like to give a shout out actually. Um, hold on. Let me just check my, my Twitter feed for a second here real quick. Cause there's actually somebody the fuck is going on. How about we limit the Twitter people to two a person for <laughs> no, no, no. There's actually one in particular that I want to, I want to no, make mention of. I'm just giving a hard time for sure. Um, and the, the one in particular I want to make mention of is, uh, if this is in reference to last week, um, I'm sure that, uh, you all, uh, remember uh, Gary. Fucking Gary. Okay. So I'd like to give a shout out to Tyler the Fro 
That's T-Y-L-E-R-T-H-E-F-R-O um, on Twitter. I know, Tyler. So anyways, so apparently he listens to the podcast. And uh, so they actually went so far as to really let Gary have it last week. So he apparently crushed Gary in the first round of FNM. He's like, is there a bounty offered on his head? And I'm like, no, but what happened? He says, well, I told him it was a dick move overall. Then I let our resident trolls pick him apart. And I'm like, really? What happened? So apparently they played the podcast for everybody at the store. <laughs> and all night they were like, man, fucking Gary <laughs> for 14 hours. Cause they play like late, late, late night drafts till dawn and whatnot. So like Gary, I hope at this point you've still got it through your head that you just need to be the bigger man, be the better magic player. And if you're fucking going to lose, you just man up and concede. That's all. <laughs> so well done. Tyler, the fro shout out to you. Holla. Hello, and uh, I guess I want to shout out to Carlos uh, from Commander Cast. Uh, dude has hooked me up with a fucking sick, maddest uh, five-color uh, EDH list, Child of Alara deck, and uh, it's like a it's like a take of the the Legacy Forty Three Land deck, but it's in Commander, and <laughs> the thing is retarded. Oh, I had so much fun playing it last night. So yeah, and then uh, shout out to Molson M. And Rickards for uh, making this an enjoyable podcast experience. And uh, I guess shout out to you guys as well for uh, furthering said experience. Word up. Word up. I'm good. Cool. Should we make all our card sounds now? Because uh, I think we got like eight of them. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Maybe we can make a song out of it. It'll be like a fucking chorus to some rap song. We can we we'll give it to the gathering. Yeah, putting on the gathering. Yeah. Okay. So 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 real quick as an aside, KYT, you downloaded that for free. I saw on your Twitter feed <laughs> that uh, you commented to Patrick that you downloaded it and were like blasting music in your car on the way to an event or something. Is that uh, confirm or deny? Maybe he's not here. No. KYT. Hello. Oh, KYT. Sorry. Um, I had. Yeah. <laughs> I had my what mic the muted. fuck are you doing? Okay. Um, <laughs> did so you listen? Did you download the the album? Um, Frank downloaded the album and he played it while he drove me back home and um, it's nothing. It was really imp- uh, I was impressed. It's just completely different from. Uh, what's currently being put out there like as singles yeah. if you will like jace the mind sculptor is is one of the more you know those typical i guess songs that you call annoying but get stuck in your head type thing but um the rest of the album is more like techno beats and stuff and and it's like very different and the beats aren't that bad at all i was i was if you're into that shit it's actually pretty good nice Okay. So, I cool. mean, I, I was extremely surprised. And obviously him to Torak, one of the tracks, actually mentions us and name drops yeah. the Yeah. So it does. We, and each you of your what? sites individually. You know what? Let's outro that song, Carrie Dan. Again? For I think we've done that. Have we? Uh, okay, or maybe not. Or maybe not. But uh, No, everyone it. else has. I don't <laughs> think we have, we have. But we could outro people with that if they want to stay and listen. 
I was definitely surprised though. I mean, like, and then there's those jokes. Like, even if the song's not super great, like if you listen to the lyrics, some of them it's are pretty funny. So I'll give them that. Okay, good. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I haven't downloaded it yet. So when I saw that you had the opportunity, I wanted to get your opinion. So that's fantastic. So for all of you that uh, don't know, uh, the Gathering album is available for download at uh, StarCityGames.com as well as ChannelFireball.com. Uh, so it's ten dollars. It's coming to iTunes shortly. There's sixteen tracks, and uh, it comes Shit, with all of the. What a good deal that is! I know, right? It comes with all the lyrics and uh, and everything else as well. So fucking HMV's uh, like twenty five bucks for an eleven track CD. Dicks. Yeah. Well, fuck those guys. <laughs> all right, sounds good. And I got a piss, so I'm out. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> Catch you next week. Limited resources, man deprived. TG the source, 60 cars, GG's live. TCG playoff, the 1802 drop. Blogs by Jerry, AJ5 with Flores. Thank you. How does average as a GP third can get?